Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. Amen, amen, amen. Give it up for the band if you would. Hey. Hallelujah. Well, Holy Spirit took a whole bunch of my time to speak today, and, uh, but it's all His, so we, uh, we're going to let Him do that. Uh, I, have a, um, I have a message for 2019, um, but Sarah Pagano got a prophetic word on Friday night that I wanted her to share today. So if you would, just honor Sarah Pagano, if you would, please. Hey. Hey. Hi. Um, I have a scripture, actually, first. Um, I believe that the, this is what the Lord is speaking over um, us in, in this year. Isaiah 43, verse 16. Thus says the Lord who makes a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the mighty man. They will lie down together and not rise again. They have been quenched and extinguished like a wick. Verse 18. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? And what I hear the Lord saying for for us in this year is to be present. We see in the scripture says, will you not be aware of it? Meaning we can miss it. Yeah. So, you know, as as we go into to this year, I, I kept seeing this image of, you know, if I'm having a conversation with you and I'm holding my phone, do I have all of your attention? No, because I'm waiting for something else or I'm preoccupied and yeah, I may not even notice that I'm doing it. I'm holding my phone talking to you, but I'm waiting for something to come through. Maybe it's a text, an email, whatever, but I'm focused here as well. And I can't be fully present if I'm holding something. If I'm doing something when I walk into the room, my children are in there, for example. Like, it's easy to be in the room physically, but not fully present. And when God comes in, everything changes. So in this year, you know, I, I want to challenge all of us, myself included, be present with God. Um, I feel like as we are present with, with him, we will see the things that we're asking him for, we're praying for, because you will miss it. We'll miss it. Will you not be aware of it? It says it in the Bible. You know, we can miss it. And I don't want us to miss it. Amen. 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 Thank you. Hallelujah. If you got a Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 5. I am going to get right into the message because I'm running a little late. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate it. I am uh, Carl Thomas. I'm the lead pastor of Revival Life Church. Welcome to 2019. I want to thank Corey Pagano for uh, filling the pulpit for me last weekend while we got out of town. Great job, as always. In the, um, in the year 1850, there was a man uh, who was born. His name was uh, Rodney Smith. And uh, Rodney Smith was, um, he was Roma, which... Uh, kind of, that's the legitimate word for the people who we call the gypsies, right? Now, the gypsies are an actual ethnic group. Uh, They're nomadic. Uh, And in that time, they still traveled around in uh, covered carriages. And they lived in their carriages. That's actually their homes. And they would go from town to town. And uh, they kind of have a reputation for uh, not having the most honest business practices. And um, and they, you know, and even to today, uh, the culture continues uh, and they travel out around in uh, travel trailers, 
pulled by trucks, and they do various uh, home improvement projects. Some are more legitimate than others. Uh, and so this man, uh, Rodney, who was born in England, uh, he was born into, like I said, a gypsy family, and his father was a criminal. And uh, Rodney had begun to get uh, arrested. He was in and out of jail by his uh, late teens, early 20s. And his father finally got arrested. And his, his father, <clears throat> um, in the midst of his life of crime, uh, got saved in prison. His father got saved in, in prison and <clears throat> came back. And within a year, Rodney had gotten converted in a meeting. And Rodney became an evangelist. Uh, and they called him um, Gypsy, or Gypsy Smith because he was a gypsy. And he embraced that and he reached his people. And then he began to have an itinerant ministry. Now, the gypsies had, um, like most uh, uh, cultures, have folklore and they have uh, traditions that aren't necessarily godly. Uh, and they just continue them. And one of the things that the gypsies would do, like every culture, uh, every culture has, um, has a grid, has a language for evil spirits, even if they don't understand that they're fallen angels that we have power over through the blood of Jesus. And so every culture doesn't have power over these uh, evil spirits. And so every culture uh, develops their own folklore uh, to keep away the evil spirits when we know they're just making pacts with one group of demons to overpower another group of demons. But what the gypsies do, and they do to this day, is they would use salt. And what they would do is they would put salt around the outside of their house, and they felt that this salt would keep the evil spirits away from their home. And uh, they might put salt around the bed of a sick person to keep the evil spirits away. Now, when uh, Gypsy uh, Smith got saved, obviously, he uh, recognized that this was all bunk. It was, it was not legitimate, but he saw that there was some power in something, and he began to redeem this practice. And what he would do was he would go from town to town leading revivals. And someone asked him, what do you do that's so successful that you have revival at every single town you go to? And he said, here's what I would do. Before I enter a town, I'll stand on the outskirts of the town and I'll draw a circle on the ground in chalk. Now, remember the gypsies would draw this circle to keep spirits out. But Gypsy Smith would draw a circle on the ground. He would then get in the circle and say, Lord, fill this circle with revival. I'm not moving until you feel, fill this circle with revival. And he said once that circle was filled with his, the spirit of Christ, then he could take that into the town. And this is the kind of the idea, though it wasn't based on this story. This is the idea behind our 40 days of personal revival. We would love to pray for revival in our church. We'd love to pray for revival in our city and in our state. But really what we need is a circle with just ourselves in it and to pray for revival right there. Amen. This is what we've decided in uh, 2019. We are, we are contending for personal revival. There's only one person on this planet I have authority over, and that's me. And that's where I want to establish revival right now. Before I can take it anywhere, I have to actually have it. And so we find ourselves today, uh, as I began to pray into the word for 2019 and what God wanted me to share with the house and kind of where we're going at 2019, I knew I wanted to pick back up in our walk through the book of Acts. Uh, but we had kind of uh, lingered in, in Luke and Matthew as we were going through the, the Christmas uh, story, the miracles of Christmas. And I wanted to pick it back up in Acts, but I said, you know, 
Uh, I really feel like the Lord would have me give this, this message today. Uh, do I go back into Acts or do I not? And I just decided, well, I'm going to preach this message whether or not the next scripture in Acts, I can uh, use it. Uh, and as I got back to the book of Acts, uh, my message for today is exactly the next passage in Acts, confirming to me that God is with us. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 12. Amen? Are you happy this morning? Yeah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 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 <clears throat> Acts chapter 5, starting in verse 12. says, At the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. But none of the rest of, <clears throat> excuse me, but none of the rest dared to associate with them, however, the people held them in high esteem. And all the more believers in, in, the, in the Lord, multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number, to such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets, so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on any one of them. Also, the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all being healed. Say all. all. All being healed. Hallelujah. So I want to briefly share uh, in the next 23 minutes uh, what I see the Lord doing uh, in our midst in 2019 and where we're going. Are you with me? Are you ready for 2019? Well, let me ask you this. Be honest. Are you more ready for 2019 or are you more happy to be out of 2018? Be honest. Which, which is it? For some of you, you don't care what year we're in as long as it's not 2018, right? Like, but others are actually looking forward to what, whoa, what God has for them mm, in 2019. Amen? Shakaba. Ha. I'm pretty excited about 2000. Ha. 19 and what God is doing. Now listen. <clears throat> You would just lean into what God is doing in here today, amen? We need to, we need to value what God wants to do. <clears throat> huh. So as we talk about Jesus and what he wants to do on the earth, we have to recognize the redemptive work of Christ. We've got to re recognize the redemptive work of God in Christ Jesus. And in order to understand where we're going, we have to understand where we come from and why we're where we're at. Amen? Does that make sense? We can't constantly pick new plots on the graph to try to go to and never actually arrive anywhere. So as we look, and, uh, as we look at God's relationship with man, we look at the garden. It all starts at the garden. Man started in the garden with God. And man and God had a perfectly fine relationship. God had a good relationship with man. Man had relationship with the earth, had relationship with one another, had relationship with himself. And then sin entered the picture. Everything got destroyed when sin entered the picture. And what we found when uh, at the fall of man in the garden, there were four effects. I'm going to go over this very, very briefly as we move forward. Put my next slide, please. We see the four areas that man fell. Now, in the evangelical charismatic church, we tend to say that because of sin, God is separated from man. Man is separated from God. And all we need to do is get people connected to God to, 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 to fix that spiritual problem of sin. And yes, that needs to happen, but that is, that, that, that is cutting short the work of Christ. Amen. 
Jesus did not just come to get you to heaven. Because if that were the case, as soon as you got saved, you would go to heaven. If he just wanted to take you to heaven, then he would just take you to heaven. John the Baptist said of Jesus here, Behold this, the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, I am thankful for my heavenly home, and I look forward to living there one day with a pool that I will never have to make clean. I'm super, super happy about that. That is going to be a good, good, good. I'm also going to have a guitar that the strings never go bad, and I will never have to change guitar strings again. It's amazing things are going to happen in heaven. Amazing. Unless you like changing guitar strings, then yours is going to go bad every day. Is that Rebecca? Because you could change my strings anytime you want. But I need you to see this. Okay, so we, we, at, 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 when, when sin entered the picture and destroyed our relationship with God, four things happened. I need you to see this. I'm not going to go through this in Genesis because uh, time prohibits, but read the first three, four chapters of Genesis and it, and it lays this out. Now, we all know the spiritual effects of sin in the garden. Man and God were totally at one and sin came in and we were separated from God. And it was told to man, as soon as you taste of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, surely you shall die. And spiritually, that is exactly what happened. We experienced a spiritual death. We were separated from God. But that is not all that happened. <clears throat> we were psychologically separated in the garden. We're psychologically separated, hear me, from ourselves. The effects of sin, psychologically, before the garden, there was no shame. There was no regret. There was no fear. There was no anxiety. There was no condemnation. We were at peace with ourselves before the garden. But when sin entered the picture, Adam and Eve began to hide out of fear, out of regret, out of condemnation. That was the effect of sin. We were socially affected by sin, and we were separated from one another. Immediately after they tasted of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God came into the picture, and Adam started pointing the finger at Eve. Immediately, there was separation. And then God began to tell them that you will have enmity with man. So we see that sin affects us spiritually. We see that it affects us psychologically with ourselves, socially with other people. And we were separated from the earth. Before then, the earth provided whatever we needed without any work. And after sin, we had to toil, toil to bring forth uh, food. Also, before that, there was no corruption. There was no sickness. There was no death. There was no degradation. Because of sin, all of these things are now in our lives. Because things rot and because things rust, this is the effect of sin in the garden. Are you with me? Yes. Now, Jesus came not just to save us from hell. That was, that, 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 was, that was not it. I mean, that is an effect of being saved because we're now connected with God. But the picture is so much fuller that we want to receive everything God has for us. And in the, in the New Covenant, when you read the New Testament, anytime you see the word salvation, it is the word sozo. And sozo does not mean go to heaven. Sozo talks about a healing that's spiritual, it is physical, it is emotional, it is restoration. And what we're going for in 2019 is the restoration that God has for us. We want a restoration of God's plan for us in 2019. We don't just want to feel like we're happy to go to heaven. I, I'm, 
I'm happy to go to heaven. And when I got nothing else going on, like emotionally, when I feel like at the end of my rope, I, I, I take great comfort knowing that one day I'm going to be spending eternity in heaven with God, right? Like that is a great comfort to me. It's real and I'm pretty happy about it. I hope some of you will go there too. Uh, but you could swim in my pool. Stay modest, please. <clears throat> here's what we're looking here's I wonder if you can be immodest in heaven there's no sin so I don't know what's that mean does that mean there's no immodest clothes or it's impossible to look upon someone with lust who knows we'll figure this out in heaven we'll figure this out in heaven listen let me tell you what we're doing in 2019 are you ready are you ready in 2019 we're going after revival well, come on. We'll go, we're so going after, we capitalized it apparently. We're going after revival. <laughs> That's serious right there with a capital R. That rhymes with car. Anyway, so we're going after revival. Uh, and what I mean by we're going after revival is we're not going after an event that people want to come to. What we're going after is revival. I want everything Jesus paid for on the cross. I want everything in my life that Jesus paid for on the cross. And uh, we're going to look here in Acts chapter 5 briefly and see how, uh, how it, it happened in the early church uh, and how we're going to see it today. Acts chapter 5 verse 12, let's take a look. It says, at the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people. The very first thing we're going after is we're going after God. We are going after God. We're going after God, and this is the spiritual restoration that we are looking for. I am not happy with prayers not being answered. Amen. Amen. I, I, am, I, am, I am done uh, praying things over and over and over, year after year after year, and not seeing them. I understand that it is the Lord. He, he, he is in charge of timing, not me. Right? And I have to submit to the Lord's timing. But I, I, I am at a place where I am tired of coming up with reasons why my prayers are not being answered. So either I'm hearing him wrong, I'm praying wrong, or I'm just not hungry enough. But I'm, at this stage of my life, I am done. We are going after God. Amen? And, and as a house, and as a house um, that means that we have to become sensitive to the Spirit of Christ. And if He comes... How will it look different than what we see right now? When Jesus comes, he acts like he's God. And he just kind of takes over. Jesus feels like he doesn't need to check with people. And so all we can do is really just keep him out. Because if he shows up, he's not just going to fit in. Right? And so what it would be good to do is figure out what he wants and start doing that now. So that when he shows up, we don't have to change. Right? But as a house, we need mm, as a house, we need to be sensitive. Mm, we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of Christ. We need to be sensitive to the Spirit of Christ as a house. We need to be praying in tongues more. Like I, I don't I don't know why why the church got so embarrassed of praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, I do know why. It's the plot of the devil. I mean, who doesn't want you praying in tongues? God or the devil? That wasn't a trick question. I've never heard Jesus tell me to stop praying in tongues. 
I've only heard the voice of fear tell me that. And fear is a liar in your life. Fear is a liar in your life. He's a liar. Listen, when fear comes up, you know there's a lie at, at, at the root of what's happening. There's a lie at work and you better discern what the lie is or the lie is going to start calling the shots. Pray in tongues more. We are going to be sensitive to the things of the Spirit. Um, I remember, I've seen God move in various places at various times doing various things. And every time God shows up, it looks different than what things look like right now. Because when God shows up, things change. And sometimes it looks weird. Because it's foreign to us. Not because it is weird, but it's weird to us. Any language you don't speak sounds weird. But it's perfectly normal to the people who speak that language. The language of heaven sounds and looks weird if you don't speak the language of heaven. Does that make sense? And we need to be a people who are going to be multicultural with the culture of heaven. Right? I mean, like, we can eat hot dogs and arepas, but we need to be able to eat the food of heaven at the same time. Amen? Um, and, and I just, I've seen on the horizon, there is, a, there is a new wave of prophetic anointing coming to this house. There is a new wave. There's a prophetic spirit that's coming. The Lord has confirmed it to me. Um, uh, and, very, and, and let me say this. As part of this prophetic anointing that's, that's going to increase in this house, signs and wonders in your personal communication with Jesus are going to increase. I've had uh, one that's been happening recently. Uh, that I've talked about before, but I walked out of my house this morning and I was just talking to Jesus and I was like, you know, Lord, I really like you to show up today. And as I said, that three geese flew right over my house. And then God's been talking to me through three geese. If if you don't know that, that's what he's doing. I was riding my bike, um, which means I was anointed. I was on the Lord's day. And so I was riding my bike and I've told this story and three geese began to, I, I was talking to God, I asked him a very specific question about something. And three geese flew like within arm's reach of me quacking away or whatever they, they honk actually. And so the Lord has been speaking to me through three geese. And as I walk out of my house this morning, three geese fly over as I begin talking to him about the presence of God. Aha. Uh-huh. Shakaba. Shakaba. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Hey, is anybody, everybody, anybody ever been in a restaurant um, where they hand make the pasta? You ever seen that? You ever, you ever been? I, when I was, uh, when I was 14, I don't know if everybody knows. When I was 14, I moved out of my house. I moved actually to Philadelphia with a friend of mine, uh, and we uh, lived there. And I got a job as a busboy in a very high-end Italian restaurant. And uh, in the in the, in this restaurant, in the middle, there's a little little booth thing, and these Italian ladies who spoke no English uh, would hand make all the pasta in this restaurant. And they had glass walls around. You can just watch them while you're while you're eating, making the pasta. And uh, so they get these bowls of these, these balls of pasta, and they do stuff with it make pasta, right? And so this one thing, uh, they put the lump in and they, they do this thing and they make the linguine, right? And the long come out and they cut it, whatever. And so Lillian, I just saw that over you as you're sitting there. I just see the Lord is taking the lump of dough, but it's not actually dough, whatever pasta is. And I just saw him, I saw him cranking the pasta thingy, the pasta flattener. And um, you can't cook pasta in a ball, it would be disgusting. In order for it to be, 
It would be like nasty on the inside and overcooked on the outside. And I don't like thick pasta to begin with, Mike. I like it thin. I like angel hair, actually. It's because you're anointed. And um, I don't like big pasta, and I really dislike it al dente. And so I like, I like nice, thin pasta. And I see the Lord just stretching you out there, uh, Lillian. I see, mm, I, I see him, it's like, I see him squeezing you through it. And it was like, it was like, no, this is what you were actually made for. This is what you're made for. That big lump was just potential. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Janet's leaving us. Does, does anybody know where she at? Where yeah, Janet's leaving us. And while none of us believe this is God's will, um, <clears throat> I have a word for you though. So what, can you stand up for me real quick? I, um, I believe you and your uh, soon-to-be husband um, are, are, you, are you going to be pastoring a church, the two of you, or leading a, a ministry, Which, if, but not right away? Okay. Well, I saw you two uh, pastoring a church, and, um, and I, I just see, um, uh, I saw just a great deal of um, cultural uh, pushback. Um, and I just see a war coming between the culture of heaven and the culture of the people. And I believe love will get the culture of heaven onto the culture of the people. Right? And there's a redemptive quality in the culture of the people that the culture of heaven will bring. Kind of like Gypsy Smith in the salt. He's like, no, we're not going to keep out evil spirits with the salt. But we will use the circle to bring Jesus in. Right? And so I believe that the, the part of heaven in that culture, you and your soon-to-be husband will be able to redeem. And so in the midst of the warfare, don't buck. Amen? Amen? We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Amen. Yeah, give it up for her. Yeah. All right, I have 11 minutes. <clears throat> Acts chapter 5, verse 12, as we continue in our, in our story here. <clears throat> it says, and they were, ha, and they were all with, mm, and they were, let's all read it together. How about that? Thirteen. <clears throat> ah, okay, so we see that there's signs and wonders happening among the apostles, but the people were fearful to associate with them. That is because they had not been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, so they were still spiritually separated from God and therefore emotionally separated with God's people. The psychological uh, uh, separation was still happening. People were fearful of the things of God. And it's not our role as the church to make the things of God not fearful. It's not our role as a church to bring God, like water him down into a version that looks like culture. It's our job to get people saved and show them this is the God you are always created to worship. The, all the nations want a God like Jesus. All the nations want a God like Jesus. They all want a king like Jesus. And so we're going after emotional healing this year. Amen. We're going after an emotional heal after emotional healing, recognizing that this is an effect of the fall. This isn't just sickness. It's not just that people had a hard life. And it's not just because we didn't deal with things properly. Yes, but still, this is an effect of the fall. I mean, we could say that about sin and separation from God. Oh, but they had a hard life, and so they've been sinning, and they didn't know any better. And we don't say, well, then, oh, yeah, okay, well, maybe they just need counseling. No, we say, you need to repent and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, because he will fix that sin problem. All right? We're going after Jesus fixing the emotional problem this year. 
Yeah. Right? Now, hey, to walk out of sin, oftentimes you need discipleship. Right? It's not a one and done thing. Don't let anybody lie to you. You need to read scriptures. You need to try. Right? You need a little effort, you know. Same thing with emotional healing. Yes, maybe you need counseling. Yes, maybe, maybe, maybe you need to try. Right? But at the same point, Jesus takes away the sin of the world. We're going after it this year. Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> As we go for psychological restoration, I just, I just see people who are dealing with shame and regret as an anchor. And in the prophetic word that, that Sarah shared this morning, she talked about, uh, remember not the former things. But many of you, it's impossible for you to remember not the former things. I mean, it is impossible. You live meditating on the former things and not the things that the new covenant tells us to meditate on. If there's anything good, meditate on this. You are bound meditating on the old negative thing, right? And I'm not rebuking you. I'm saying God has a better way. God has a better way. And as we go to Christ asking for him to heal us of, like, we have to recognize that it's a sickness that we need Jesus to heal. Just like people need to recognize that their sin is a sickness that God can heal. Not, I need to tell you you're a sinner so you can feel bad. Like, you need to recognize you have sin, otherwise Jesus can't heal it. But we need to recognize that our mental health issues are not everybody else's fault. That is a, it's, a, it's, it's an effect of the fall that I need Jesus to help me fix. Right, right? Amen, 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 amen. Yeah, yeah. You see, the, these people that, that were afraid to go into them, the enemy has a veil over their heart to see the goodness of God. And it's our job as believers to bring, whoa, to bring in the presence of God so that veil is torn. Amen? Moving forward, Acts 5, 14, it says, And all the more believers in the Lord, and all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number. We're going after reaching our area for crisis here. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's like, that's like the people you know who don't go to church. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people that Jesus put in your life. This is social restoration. This is the, this is a restoration of the social order. We're all supposed to be one in Christ, loving one another in Jesus Christ. This year, we are going to gather around the presence of God together. Like, together, as a people, in our area, we're gathering around the presence of God. We're, we're gathering around the presence of God in the unity that we have in Jesus Christ. I, 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 um, I never want to go to a church that's all one race. That's all one ethnicity. I, I can't imagine what that would even be like. Like, I have no desire at all. No desire to just look at people who look just like me all day, all night. No thanks. I'm good. I'm good. Like, why, why, like I want... I want I want everything. I want everything. I don't, it's like going to church. We, we, we preach the book of Matthew. That's it. Yeah. Well, I would like the whole Bible. I would like the full counsel of God. And God has expressed himself through different ethnicities. He expresses himself through different cultures. He expresses himself through different languages. I would never want to be in a church where there's not someone I'm having to struggle with the language with. Like, I want to be in a church where I got to hit the translate button on Instagram sometimes to figure out what you're saying on your posts. Like, like that's what I want. That's, that's, come on, that's the, that's the church I want to be a part of. Because that's what heaven's going to look like. This is what heaven is going to look like. If we're one in Christ, then, you know, our culture has to shift. It has to be a bit of a stretch to be with the people of God. Amen? It's got to be a stretch. And so I want to challenge you this year. Get in a life group. Life groups are starting up. Get in some fellowship. Get in a serving group. Begin serving in the house of God. 
begin sowing into other people's lives? Like, if you've been here six months, eight months, nine months, you're not serving, repent. It's time. It's time to be part of the community. It's time to quit just showing up Sunday morning and be part of the community. This is the restoration of the fall. You staying separated is you saying, I don't want everything Jesus had for me at the cross. Like, no, no, open your arms. He knows better. He actually knows better. I know you'd like to protect yourself. Like, I don't know. I don't want to commit. No, no, no. You need to commit because this is what Jesus, Jesus committed. Jesus is not wishy-washy. Not sure if I have time this year to save you. Not sure if I have time this year to help you with your kids. No. Jesus makes time to save us. Amen? Yeah. Right? Don't, don't tell me you're going to travel the world or your family's going to have a generation of Christianity. You can't hold a door or hold a baby. Right? Like, like this is what needs to happen. Amen? Hold a door, hold a baby. Like, it's, it's like many of your teaching calls are going to start on the other side of that wall. You, you, can't, you can't start. You can't jump. God doesn't have people skip grades. Like, I'm just going to start with arenas. Mm, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Acts 5. <clears throat> Acts 5.15. He says, To such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets, so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on any one of them. Well, there's faith. Also, the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all being healed. We're going after healing and miracles this year. I mean, we're going after it. We're going after healings and miracles this year. We're going, like, like we need more miracles. We see lots of healings. I want to see more, and I want to see more miracles. I, don't want, I, want, I, want, I want miracles that people are like, that didn't really happen. That's what I want. Like, I want miracles that people write blog posts about how that wasn't God. I want miracles that make the skeptics wonder if we're Christians. We're going after the restoration of all things. This is what we're looking for. The restoration of all things. This is what we're looking for. The restoration of all things. Not just my spiritual life. Not just my physical life. Not just my social life. Not just my emotional life. I want the restoration of of all things. And so I want to invite you to join us. 40 days of personal revival. I'm sending out a video to you every day. I'm praying. We're going to experience Jesus together. Amen. Might come up. We're going to expect, I don't know whose child is screaming. You got to, I just pray for you at home. Personal revival. That's Samuel. That it's Hickey's. It's good to be known, isn't it? Isn't it, Sarah? It's good to be known. Hey, if you're, if you're a guest here today, like we have kids on the other side of that wall and we've decided we'd rather them grow up having fun, loving Jesus than hating church. And so if we have to be distracted, we'll be distracted because we're already saved. We need them to love Jesus. Amen. Like this is like we're living life on purpose. I want to invite you to join us in 40 days of personal revival. Uh, there is a flyer in the lobby. And on one side, it has a sign-up uh, link. But on the other side, it has the reading plan, the 40-day reading plan. You can read with us. 
You'll get an email every every uh, morning at around five, I think, and uh, you can watch the little three three minute devotion. Right? You got three minutes, right? And then the three minutes will make you convicted to spend more time. Right? That's the goal. That is the goal. Three minutes is the seed for your personal revival. But stand with me. Let's just pray over this here. Father, in the wow, in the name of Jesus, Shakaba, in the in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ha. In, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just declare your presence and your power today. Mm. I just feel like I would be remiss to give people an opportunity to get right with God this morning. Your separation from God is just causing all these problems. Huh. And you can't grow up Christian. You have to actually receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You can't grow up Christian. You get saved. Tradition is often one of the greatest barriers to receiving from Christ. So right now, every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just pray real quick before I dismiss you. Ha. That's the Spirit of Christ right there here to redeem you. There it is right there. The Spirit of Christ is right there. If that's you today, you know who you are. Can I get the prayer team to come forward? If that's you today and you know who you are, you need to get right with God. You need to rededicate yourself to Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, just put your hand up and down. I'm not going to make you get out. I'm not going to make you do anything. But up and down real quick all over the room. Up and down. Up and down. Nobody looking around. That's you today. And I know this morning, nobody looking around. Yep. Who else? Up and down. Nobody looking around. Five, four, three, two, one. Amen. Father, for these who've lifted their heart to you and said, Jesus, I need to get right with you today. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would forgive them of their sins. You wash them clean and fill them with your spirit in 2019. Hallelujah. If you need a healing in your body today, if you need a miracle, if you need a breakthrough in your life, if you need a breakthrough for emotionally, if you need a breakthrough physically, if you need a breakthrough spiritually, we want to welcome you to come forward at the end of this service. My wife and I will be right there in the lobby. We'd love to say hello to you. And I understand there's some birthday cake, so you want to eat some of that too. So Father, bless them this week. Give them divine appointments for people who need to hear this gospel. And I pray that together we would experience personal revival this week. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. 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 Give a clap off for the Lord if you would.